Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Wow, I've really enjoyed this series. I hope you have. We started off by Miracle on 34th yeah, Street. That so was good. really great. And, and I love la- that people said, I never watched that yeah. movie before. And, and then they watched it. Yeah, and then the second one we did was The Grinch, mm. Who Stole Christmas. That mm. was some great, and we pulled teachings out of those. And then today we're going to be looking at... Uh, what are we looking at? It's, it's a wonderful life. <laughs> and next week, we're going to look at, um, Tim's going to help us to look at next week, the Die Hard. The G-rated version. It's, yeah, and be sure you Die watch Hard. the uh, TBS-rated version of that, uh, because, but it's, I'm telling you, he's going to pull out some things you thought, man, uh, for the devil can take something, but in the midst of that, we can see something else. And then Christmas Eve, man, you don't want to miss yeah. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we're going to do look at Polar Express, looking forward to that, our kids will be performing and singing mm-hmm. and uh, we're really excited about that so if you haven't watched those I would encourage you to watch those movies that doesn't mean we endorse all those movies it just means that there are parables on the screen that we're going to pull out some stuff that might make a difference in your life well this week I ask you on social media did you ever receive a gift that you didn't like and thank you for those of you who respond to the different social media. Helen Abel said, yes, my older brother wrapped rotten eggs and gave it to me when I was eight years old. <laughs> Tanya said, yes, my ex-husband gave me cheap, underline cheap, orange pots and pans for the kitchen. And she said, I told him afterwards, do you see any orange in this kitchen? <laughs> Needless to say, I received no more kitchen products. Then she- Bopped him over the head? Yeah. Maybe. And Andrea said at age 14, she got a waterbed heater. Yeah, that's always encouraging, (laughs) isn't it? And Mike got an expired gift card. Well. Uh, So I don't know what what you've maybe received, a gift at Christmas that you received that you didn't want. What is that for you? What is the gift that you received Um, that you didn't want? Can I share, you know, not, well, I share that the green jeans when I wanted blue jeans, that was horrible. But. Our first Christmas together, we had just gotten married in October, and he loves Christmas, and, and I am not a gift giver, but his love language is gifts, and I thought, oh, Lord, help me, please. So I went and shopped. I bought some things. I bought a sweater. This is my first, I'm 30 years old. I just got married, and I could buy a man. I could buy my husband some gifts. I bought him a sweater. I bought him some other clothes. I don't know what, and then I bought him an amazing cappuccino maker because he loves coffee. I wrapped them all up. I put them under the tree. Christmas Eve, we go to the mall. We're walking through because we like to people watch. We walk through one of the stores and through the appliance section, he says, I can't believe people give appliances to each other for Christmas. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe the other two gifts will work. He opens the sweater. Arms are up to here. He opens the other thing. Doesn't fit. And I'm like, well, I already know you don't want this. So (laughs) it was a bomb. (laughs) And then it took me a long time to get the Christmas, yeah. to get gifts right. You do well. USA Today ran a survey among people of what do you do with gifts that you don't want? And 31% said, I keep them. 30% said, I hide them. 13% say, I toss them. 12% said, I give it away or re-gift it. You hope you didn't re-gift it to the person who gave it to you. And six people, 6% said they returned it. Mm. You know, it's one thing, and, and I know, you know, we say, well, we should be grateful. Yeah, we should be grateful, 
if it's something you can use or something you like. You don't have to pretend, okay? People say, well, you know, you just need a grateful heart. Yeah, I'll have a grateful heart. Thank you very much. I'm very nice. But when we give gifts, you should look at the person and give a gift that you think they'd like, not, not a gift you that like. you think you'd like, right? <laughs> and so in the midst of all of that, uh, you know, you could be here, there, wherever you were. But the sad thing is, when God gives us a gift, we don't want the gift that he gives us, mm. or we waste it, or we misuse it. And we say, the life we're living, I don't want this life. I want their life. And so here's God, who's working in the midst of that, and he realizes, we don't like the gift that he's given us. Now in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, if you've never seen that movie, it's a, it's a really good movie, old black and white, it's great. He didn't want the gift that he'd been given. It was a gift of life because everything was going bad. He wanted to quit life. You ever been there? You ever been there? Some of you are here today and some of you are watching online. You want to quit life. I don't like this life. I don't know what's going on. I, I don't like this. It, the Wonderful Life was a movie in 1946 and it was considered a flop. It wasn't a Christmas movie. It was just right. filmed at Christmas. It was considered a financial uh, failure took $3.1 million to film it, and it only made 3.3, so they considered it a flop. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you've probably heard this line from the movie, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to scream. Nobody dies and gets angel wings. Right. There are no more angels that are created. Okay, let's get over that. I see this, well, so-and-so just died, and they got their wings now, and they're in heaven, they're an angel. No, they're not. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but the movie reminds us sometimes, sometimes the thing that we dream of and hope for, they don't happen. Watch George. He had some great ambitions in life. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Mm -hmm. He wow. had some good plans, well, didn't he, did. he, for his future. But guess what? He didn't get to become the world traveler and right. see the Roman Colosseum. He didn't get to go to college. He didn't get to get out of that dusty little town. Yeah. He didn't get to uh, get away from the family business that he felt stuck in, the Bailey building and loan. And he doesn't get to stay single and free and not tie down. He doesn't make a lot of money or build famous things that people talk about. And in addition, if it wasn't enough sadness for him, his friends got what they wanted. Wow. His one friend, Sam, became like really rich. Um, his other friends leave town, and his brother goes off to college and then goes into the service and becomes a famous flying ace. Yeah. But sometimes things don't turn out the way we plan. Isn't that what the Bible tells us, Proverbs 16 and 9? We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. But God knows the way. God knows the way that he's planned for you. And if you're chasing after things that are not from God, guess what? You're never going to find God there. What about you? Has things not turned out the way that you planned? 
You know, when you ask a little child, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a fireman, a policeman, a president. I want to be a preacher. I want to be a teacher. I want to be that. You never, you never hear a child say, at 16, I want to be pregnant and unmarried and on drugs. You never hear people say, I want to go through crisis one after another after another. We start off in life with a lot of great plans. Even as a Christian, we can have a lot of great plans. But then things happen in life because storms and difficulties. Yeah. Maybe your girlfriend dropped you. Maybe your family is at war. Maybe your parents divorced and you're back and forth. Or like Simone said yesterday in our great encounter that her mother gave her away when she was born. And that she never, had, she never was able to live with her mother. And at Christmas time, everybody would have their families, and she never had that. Sometimes life doesn't turn out the way we wanted. Or maybe your spouse commits adultery, or your fiancé breaks off the engagement, or your friend posts something embarrassing about you on social media, and you thought they were your friend. Maybe the coach cuts you. Maybe you suffer an agonizing injustice. Maybe your womb is still empty. Maybe you thought, by now I'd be happily married, and you're still single. Maybe you thought, by now my marriage will be restored, and it just seems like it only gets worse. And you just simply say, I don't like the life that I'm living. It sucks. I don't want this life. So when that happens, there's a lot of emotions that happen. And one of them is disappointment and a lack of hope. As Pastor Tim said today, you know, it's all about hope. But sometimes when one thing bad after another, after another, after another, after another happens, happens then you just say, I don't, see, I don't see any hope in this. So you may not be in a bad place right now, but guess what? There will be a time that you're going to hit a storm. So today's teaching may not be just where you are today, but it may be for you to help somebody else. Some of you planned on a different Christmas this year, but now someone in your family that you loved is no longer with you. It's a tough Christmas. It's a tough time when you go through, and everybody's holly jolly molly. And you're saying, I just want to get through this thing. Get me to January 1st. Yeah. Get me through this holiday season. I don't like the life that I'm living. I don't like it. What do we do? What do we do when life hits us like that? Well, here's the number one point today, and it's long. It's a run-on sentence, so you may want to take a photo shot of this. How to react to disappointment. Would you re read it with me? Realize that, that disappointment, disappointment is unavoidable. unavoidable. And, and it's, it's not, not always good, but God can use it for good for those who trust him. I mean, think about in the movie with George, right? He, uh, he, he's, he, he doesn't get to go away. He's about to lose his business, the livelihood. He's facing prison because of a mistake that his uncle made. And in desperation, he goes to Mr. Potter, the original Grinch. <laughs> and Potter says to him, George... You're worth more dead than you are alive. And George decides the best solution for his life is to kill himself. But it's interesting in the movie, you hear God speaking, you hear the heavenly speaking, and he's saying, there's a lot of prayers that are going up for George Bailey. And then one of the angels says, and he's about to waste mm. the best gift of all, the gift that God gave him of life. And so they send Clarence, who's trying to get his wings, to help him. Watch. I'm worth more dead than alive. 
Now, look, you mustn't talk like that. I won't get my wings with that attitude. <laughs> you just don't know all that you've done. If it hadn't been for you... Yeah, then... if it hadn't been for me, everybody would be a lot better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. And my... Look, little fellow, why you go off and haunt somebody else. No, you? now you don't understand. I've got my job. Oh, shut up, will you? Oh, this isn't going to be so easy. Yeah, so you still think killing yourself would make everyone feel happier, right? Eh? Oh, I don't know. I guess you're right. I suppose it'd been better if I'd never been born at all. What'd you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. Oh, you mustn't say things like that. You... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, that's an idea. What do you think? Yeah, that'll do it. All right. You've got your wish. Mm. Wow. wow. Yeah. So sometimes you've got to be careful what you're wishing for, right? So George was like, okay, I'm going to show you. I mean, Clarence yes. was like, I'm going to show you, George. I'm going to grant your wish. And he goes on to show him what everything would be like, what a different world it would be without George. So the difference in the lives that George touched and saved, even the difference in that town of Bedford where he couldn't wait to get out of, the town that he worked so hard to build up and protect had become a den of iniquity. The pharmacist who George saved from a tragic mistake. When he was a young boy, he noticed a problem and he saved the pharmacist. The pharmacist, without George, became the town drunk. And then his brother, Harry, who he saved from falling through the ice when they were kids, dies because George wasn't there to save him. And the hundreds of men that his brother, Harry, would have saved during the war died because Harry wasn't there to save them. And the beautiful woman that he married and had children with, she ended up becoming a wretched, dejected, and lonely spinster. Wow. spinster. Wow. So Clarence said, strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches Boy, so many good. others. That's good. And when his isn't around, he leaves an awful hole. Wow. So wow. even in the middle of your pain and disappointment, you are impacting lives yes. around you. Yes. It may not feel like it and it may not seem like it, but you have no idea the lives that have been impacted by you. Wow. Watch this. Clarence, get me back, get me back, I don't care what happens to me, get me back to my wife and kids, help me Clarence, please, please, I want to live again, I want to live again, I want to live again, please God, let me live again. Mm. <laughs> Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now, get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George? <laughs> Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... 
My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu! There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! Well, Merry Christmas! Merry! Merry! Yeah! Wow. Remember that old Joni Mitchell song that said, you don't know what you've got till it's gone? Wow, wow. He didn't think he had a wonderful life, but when it was taken away and he got to see the difference that he made, he realized when his request was granted that he was still in Bedford Falls, working at the place he really didn't want to work. But guess yeah. what happened? His perspective changed yeah. and hope came back into his life. He was back where he belonged. He raced home. You heard him celebrating Merry Christmas even to Mr. Potter. He said, Merry Christmas. And he realized it's a wonderful life. Romans 8:28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. It'll come back around to good. It's like when you bake a cake. Yeah. I don't do that very often, but I do. yeah, you do. You, you, well, you, you cheat. You use the all-in-one thing. But anyway, you know how when you're baking a cake, there's all kinds of ingredients, right? An egg. Anybody ever eat a raw egg? Nasty. Um, you know, uh, baking powder. I think that's what goes in it. Flour. All those, <laughs> all those individual things taste nasty by themselves. But when you put it all together, you mix it up, you put a little heat on it, you let it bake. Guess what? It comes out amazing. And sometimes it's like that with our life. Our life sometimes, if you look at individual parts, can be bitter and ugly and, and, and you don't want to be a part of it. But, but if you'll realize that it's, big, it's part of a bigger picture that God can use to put it all together and it be for his glory. Yeah. I wonder, we have two more Christmas services. We have Christmas Eve. Uh, we have next Sunday, Christmas, and then Christmas. We have Christmas Eve and then next Sunday. And I know you've been giving out connection cards. And I'm going to give you one more chance to get those because here's what I'm thinking about. Who is it that because you're living, you may be the person to be able to give them an invite card to come to church. But what if you didn't give that invite mm. card? What if you weren't the one that invited somebody else? Christmas Eve is going to be phenomenal. I'm telling you, Jimmy and I are going to team teach, and boy, he's got some great stuff. It's going to be good. And um, our kids are going to sing and worship. So come on, ushers, let's pass those. Reach in the bucket, grab a handful of those. Yeah. Be sure you pass them out this yeah. week. And if you give them to a waitress or a waiter, be sure you give a good tip with that. But let's just, let's just don't go through the motions. Let's be somebody that stands in the gap and makes a difference. Be intentional. So how do we apply this to our life? Well, here's the way we apply this to our life. Number one, we need to invest more time with the Father alone. We need to invest more time with the Father alone. We need to spend more time just reading His Word. Uh, in January, January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, we'll be doing a three-day church-wide fast right before the first Wednesday celebration. Remember, every quarter next year, Every quarter next year, we're going to do a time of fasting. And so January, we're going to start off really good with January 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, and doing a time of fasting. 4th, 5th, and 6th. I don't know how this come up here. Can you get that out of uh -oh. the way? I've lost my place here. I uh -oh. don't know what's going on. But anyway, invest your life there. So look at this verse, Isaiah 40. Let's look at this verse. Read it with me. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. The, the creator, creator of, of all the earth, earth 
He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and the young men will fall into exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So I'm encouraging you, spend more time with the Father, less time watching the news, less time on social media, and just spend some quality time with Him. Number two, ask God to help you see His perspective. Ask God to help you see His perspective. There's a difference in seeing what's going on and how God's going to use that. Mm. There's a difference in information and wisdom. A lot of people have information, but they don't see how, how, how that applies into what God is doing. I love Psalm 103 verse 7 says, He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. In other words, the children of Israel saw everything that was going on. This is happening, this is happening, this is disappointing, this is happening. But Moses understood God's ways. He had God's perspective. Oh, this is not good, but I see how God can use this and how he can change that. Uh, Romans uh, 5 verses 3 and 4 says, but that's not all. Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance, Mm. and patient endurance will refine our character, and proven character leads us back to God. In this life, we're going to have struggles, we're going to have difficulties, but sometimes in the midst of that, maybe instead of asking God, why am I going through this? Why am I living this life that I don't like? Maybe we just pause and say, God, what? What do you want to teach me from this? Mm-hmm. What do you want to teach me from this? Amen. Our perspective changes. Yeah. But one thing that never changes is God, focus on what God never, sorry, right. focus on what never changes. Things change around us all the time. But focus on what never changes. That's number three. And there's three things that you can look at. God's love for you never changes. No matter what you did, no matter what you're going to do, no matter what you didn't do, God's love never changes. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And something else that never changes is God's truth. God's truth never changes. Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. And then the other thing that never changes is God's plan and purpose for your life. That never changes. Psalm 33, 11 says, But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. So listen, God will have the last word. Yes. It might not be a good chapter right now that you're living, but it's not the title of your book. Don't wow. make it the title of your book. Oh, it's wow. not the That's whole good. story. That's good. You may not like what you're going through, but God is working and he's changing things around for you so that it's going to be 
for your good, remember, and bring him glory. God is working and developing you for something amazing. So let that trial, let that difficulty, let that disappointment teach you something so when you get on the other side, as James said, you're going to be stronger, wow. and then you're going to be able to help somebody else. Listen to that. Don't let the chapter that you're writing right now or the chapter that you're going through be the title of the book of your life. I mean, how many of us have gone through things and we thought, man, I, I'm, this is it. I'm going under. I, I'm going to sink. There's, there's no hope. But now when you look back in retrospect, you think, wow, I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. But God has used that chapter that would have been one that I would have liked to have not gone through. Right. But that chapter has made me who I am right now. So number four, here it is. Keep telling God. Read it with me. I trust, I trust you, you no, no matter, matter what. what. Let's say it again. I, I trust, trust you no, no matter, matter what. Every day. L yeah, look at this verse. Read this verse with me. He will not fear bad news. His, His heart, heart is steadfast. steadfast. Trusting confidently and relying on and, and believing and in believing. the Lord. Wow. Think about this. Where are you right now in the midst of everything that's going on? And I know some of you, I mean, it, it, this, the chapter that you're going through right now is a good chapter. And I applaud you. And I so thank God for the chapter you're going through. But I've got to be honest. I know there are some of you that are here today and some of you that are watching online. And the chapter that you're going through right now is you don't want this chapter. You look around and you see people that seemingly have great happy marriages. And, and to be honest, like you're really struggling. Your communication is really not happening. And some of you right now as a parent, you see parents bring their kids to church and you, you see them as family taking pictures with Santa Claus out there and your heart breaks because you know that you don't even know where your kids are. Remember, they're so far from God. You're thinking, God, why? I, I tried my best to raise them in the right way. God, why am, I, why am I going through this? Or maybe some of you have lost a spouse, a parent. Maybe some of you are single moms and single dads again at Christmas. And last year you hoped and you prayed, God, don't, don't let me go through this again by myself. Don't, don't let this happen to me. But here's what I want to say today. Don't let the chapter that you're going through, the problem that you're going through right now. Some of you got a bad uh, a medical report and you're going through some tough stuff right now. And I know it's, it's easy to get to the place that, that, that I, I just want to quit. Anybody beside me ever gone through a place in life when you just said, I want to quit? Anybody? Anybody? Wow, I'm, I've, man, it makes me feel good today. I thought maybe something was really weird or wrong with me. Because even as a believer, there are times we say, I just want to quit. It's too hard. It's too tough. Everybody else seems to be having more blessings than I am, and, and I, just, I just want to quit. First of all, today, I want to pray for those of you that are going through some tough stuff. That's what church is all about. 
Simone said it last week, it's taking the mask off and just being real. It's just being real and saying, and, and yesterday I think somebody said it, sometimes when somebody asks, how are you doing, it's all right to just simply say, well, right now I'm not doing real good, but eventually I'll get better. God doesn't want us to come to church and put on a happy face, a Christmas face, and we leave with the same heart, and, and, and we, we didn't seem like anything happened. But if you're here this morning or you're watching online and you say, you know what, I'm facing some real crisis in my life. I'm really facing some big burdens, some big challenges. And yeah, I, I don't really like the chapter that I'm in right now. And I know I should be okay, but, but I'm not. If that's you this morning, I want to pray first of all for you. Would you raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I'm going through some stuff today. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Others, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. Thank you back here, over here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you that are watching online, just, just lift your hand and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going through some stuff right now. It's not an accident that you're here today. And it's not an accident that we did this. It's a wonderful life. Because God wants to say to you, boy, I love that line, Anita. That was so good. Don't title the chapter of your book, the title of your book, with the chapter that you're going through right now. Just wait. Right, Michael? I mean, a few years ago, you could have said bankruptcy. Person you trusted walked away with more money than we could even think about today. And some of you, you lost somebody this week. Some of you are lonely. Some of you feel like nobody really cares about you. I want to pray for you today. Father, I pray for those that are in this house and those that are watching online right now that the chapter that they're going through is not a wonderful life. But Lord, it all can change when you give us a new perspective. George, with his new perspective, was still in Bedford, still worked at the job that he didn't like, still had struggles and difficulties, still had the, the bad ear. But Lord, his perspective changed when he realized that the gift of life that you give us and the chapter that we're going through can be the greatest chapter of our life. So I pray for strength and peace for those that raise their hands today in your name, Jesus. And I'd like to pray, second of all, for some of you today that maybe you've never invited Jesus into your heart and into your life. Maybe right now it's a low point of your life. I mean, you can't look up because so many things that's going on in your life. And you're at the end of your resources. And you're thinking, what else can I do? Where else can I turn? I I've tried everything. Let me encourage you to just take a look up today. And you'll see a God that doesn't always make sense. It doesn't make sense that God loved us while we were yet sinners. And he sent his son to die on the cross for us. Remember what Jesus said? My God, my God, why? Why have you forsaken me? Didn't make sense that the Son of God, who knew no sin, would die on the cross. My God, why have you forsaken me? But you see, in that thing that didn't make sense, if you if you titled the book right there, didn't make sense. That was only a chapter. It wasn't the book. But on the third day, the stone rolled away. And out walked to Jesus, triumphant, 
to give us a fresh start, a new beginning, a life. And now when we look at that, when we look at that book, we see God so loved me that he sent his son to die for me, but he was resurrected, and I can be resurrected today from the badness that I'm going through in my life. So a minute, I want to pray with you if that's you. But you know what? You may say today, you know, I've never invited Christ in my life, but I'm really going through some good times right now. But yet, even in the midst of the good times you're going through, you feel empty this morning. All the money, all the promotions, everything you have. You should be really enjoying life. I mean, it's a good life that you're living. Yet on the inside, you're empty. You know why? Because God created us to spend eternity with him. And he created a vacancy in our heart, an emptiness that would never be filled with anyone or anything until we invite Jesus into our heart, into our life. So I want to pray with you today. If that's you, in either of those cases, you say, today's the day. Today's the day that I want to be sure that I'm ready to meet the Lord. Maybe you've gone to church all of your life, but you never know a time that you've ever invited him into your heart and into your life. With every head bowed and every eye closed as the church is praying for you today as we've been praying all week long. If you're here today or you're even watching online, you say, today I want to make that decision. I want to surrender my heart to the Lord or I want to rededicate my life to the Lord today. Would you do, me a, do a very honest, brave thing? The Holy Spirit is drawing you. It's not my words. I don't have the words to draw people, but the Holy Spirit is drawing you. Some of your heart's beating a little faster. Your palms are sweaty. Some of you are beginning to feel tears. Why? Because you see that emptiness and you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you. That's how much God loves you. So if you're here today and you say, today's the day that I want to invite Christ. I want to open up the gift today. Or maybe years ago, maybe years ago, you, 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 you were close to God, and, but things have happened. Today you feel like you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord. So if today's the day that you'd like to rededicate your life to the Lord or make that first decision, would you raise your hand right now and make eye contact with me so I can pray with you? Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Others today, thank you. Thank you. Others today, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. Surrender my life. Rededicate today. I want to pray. Those of you that are watching online, yeah, that's me. I want to do that today. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Would you allow me to lead you in a prayer? I can give you the words, but you have to surrender the heart. Pray this prayer with me. Father God, I thank you today for loving me, for sending your son Jesus to die for my sins. I am unworthy, but I thank you for your grace. And I thank you on the third day that you rose from death to give me hope that I too can live in life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. I want to rededicate my life to you today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Church, would you celebrate with me today with those who prayed that prayer? Come on. As you, as you leave today, I have a gift that I want to give you and behalf of our staff. It's called The Case for Christmas. A journalist investigates the identity of a child in a manger 
and it's uh, from the New York Times bestseller list. We'll have them at each door and out front as you go out. We have one for everybody. I'd like you to go ahead and get that. As you leave today, drop your connection cards into the bucket. If you prayed that prayer with me today to dedicate your heart to the Lord or to ask the Lord in your heart, stop by the Next Steps table. I'll have a gift for you today. Would you stand? Let me bless you as you leave today, and we're going to leave with a great song of worshiping God. Hey, be here early Christmas Eve. Our band is going to have a whole Christmas set of music, and you need to come early because it's going to be a jam-packed house. Father, I ask you to bless us today as we leave. The prayer team is coming down front. If you need prayer, you can come on down, and they want to pray with you today. What a great way. Father, I ask you to bless us today as we go out. Lord, help us to lead people to you today, this week. Give us somebody to pass out that card to. And Lord, we love you. We care for you in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Have a great day. Let's go out with a great song. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.